1: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Tribune Audio Network.
2: From the heart of motorsports in North Carolina, the Fox 8 sports team presents NASCAR Dirty Air. Fast friends. Dangerous enemies. And now, here's your host, Danny Harden, along with the Fox 8 Sports Team.
3: You never get tired of driving a race car. It's not that. It's just you're so happy to be out from under that pressure. Um, But as time goes on, you miss it more and more and more.
0: Dale Earnhardt Jr. opens up about life after racing. It's been an up-and-down emotional ride. Also, the rags-to-riches story of car owner Richard Childress could be turned into a movie. Only in America
2: could a kid with a dream and an old $20 race car be
0: sitting up here tonight talking to this great press. And A.J. Foyt could drive any type of race car. And back in the day, he didn't back down from anybody. Back
4: when I was running, I think you had like Junior Johnson and
0: all the great guys.
4: They were hard to deal with. Got one of them mad, normally when you got out of the car you had a nice little
0: fist fight. You don't see that no more. All this and more coming up on Dirty Air. Hello and welcome to a Fox 8 podcast. It's called Dirty Air, where we sit around and talk NASCAR. I'm Danny Harnan alongside Fox 8 sports producer Kevin Rand, and we have something different for you today. Instead of having a guest, we're going to bring you some interviews with some of the biggest names in racing, Dale Earnhardt Jr., A.J. Foyt, and a combo of Richard Childress and Chocolate Myers. Recently, they walked into an interview that we were in, and in about a span of an hour, and oh, did they have some stories to tell. And Kevin, we cover a lot of sports on a daily basis, but race people are some of the best storytellers out there, aren't they? Absolutely. Race guys, uh, NASCAR guys are some of the
5: most genuine people out there, and guys like me love hear, hearing those stories, those old-timey stories, and they, they just have a lot of stories to tell.
0: Yeah. Let's begin with your guy, Dale Earnhardt Jr. The sport really misses him. There's, there's a huge void without him, without the 15-time most popular driver. Jr. was asked about how he's handling not being in the car every weekend.
2: Has been out of the car been as difficult or as easy or it's been a year now
3: is it any different than it was a year ago it gets uh it's different for sure than i expected i thought when i got out of the car i'd miss it really bad and then that would kind of wane off a little bit over time but it's actually the wor- uh, the other way around when i got out of the car i was like thank god you know i'm gonna have some time off and just get out of the it's so much pressure and that's what, try, that's what you're happy to be relieved of. It, 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 you never get tired of driving a race car. It's not that. It's just you're so happy to be out from under that pressure. Um, but as time goes on, you miss it more and more and more, uh, which is unexpected. I didn't think that would happen. And so uh, you start thinking about those things, and you miss it more and more, I think, as time goes on. <clears throat> and I'm okay with that you know I think that will help me in my job as a broadcaster to have that passion for it and miss it you know that will have, that will maintain that will keep some of that energy and and that spirit in in my work going forward from the booth
0: Kevin you've been a Dale Jr fan for a long time how do you balance the yes you miss him out there but you just heard him say the pressure is off and it's good for him. He seems so much more happier, doesn't he?
5: Oh, he seems like he's in a great place in life and truly happy. But, you know, it makes me sad a little bit, you know, to hear him say uh, that it, that he misses it, you know, because obviously I wish he was still out there for for health reasons. He probably shouldn't be. Him just coming out with that, you know, saying, saying that he missed it, I, I can see that, you
0: know, once you drive a race car, I'm sure you do miss it. <laughs> yeah, It's tough being a superstar like a Dale Earnhardt Jr. I, I think a good example is I was around Tiger Woods, I think it was about 1997, out in Arizona, and, and the media, we were allowed to follow him, like, inside the ropes. He was playing golf with a whole bunch of little kids. And for two straight hours, he heard, Tiger, 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 sign this, Tiger, take a picture, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. That's Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s life for the last 20 years when he walks through the garage. Junior, Junior, picture, can I have an autograph? And to be relieved of that is, I know he loves his fans, but the pressure is off. Oh, absolutely, the pressure's off. And in, in that presser, he
5: talked about, um, you know, he was asked, you know, do, do you still like the fans clamoring around you and everything? And he said yes. You know, it, it's a good reminder of what he, he meant to this sport. So I, th- I thought that was an interesting re- revelation from him as well, that he does
0: miss that. A popular topic these days around NASCAR is the state of NASCAR. We only, not only do we have Junior out of the car, but in the last few years we've lost Kenseth, McMurray, Stewart, Kane, Edwards Jeff Gordon a few years before that there's a lot of star power gone and Junior was asked if he thought NASCAR is on the decline because of that
3: I look at the sport from start to present day um, you know I wasn't around in the 50s or the 40s but I've done my homework and try to you know try to be as uh, aware of where we were and where we've came from and I love stock car racing and NASCAR and it's, I kind of take offense to anybody who has any crosswords about it. You know, it's kind of like your brother. You can talk all the crap you want to him, but you won't let anyone else do it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, we, we can't ride at the top of the mountain forever. There'll be, there'll be ups and downs and good days and bad days and, you weather the storm, you know, and if you love it and you believe in it, you stick in there and you, 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 you gut it out and because uh, you believe that it'll cycle back uh, to the good. And uh, so you work through the bad days and, and knowing there'll be good days ahead. And um, I think that's what a lot of us have been doing. And, you know, I think that uh, there's a lot of great conversation going on. Um, there's a lot of great, I'm getting in the weeds a little bit, but there's a lot of great change happening. There's some really, really good people that have got the steering wheel right now. And, uh, and there's some great conversation and great things being said, and the media's done a great job of, of, of sharing that with all of us and helping us understand sort of where the industry's headed. So I'm excited about the next, you know, four to ten, five five to 10 years. It's going to be a really interesting transition. And I think it's going to be good.
0: That's great insight from Junior. It is funny what he talked about. Hey, don't anybody else talk bad about NASCAR? That, that, I'll take offense to that.
5: Any, anybody in the NASCAR industry does not like to hear anything bad about NASCAR.
0: Um, so you can see where Junior's coming and coming from on that. Yeah. Speak again on a perspective from Junior Nation. He won 26 Cup races. He was always so good at the super speedways. He did not win a Cup championship like his father did, who won seven. Is Junior Nation okay? with his career are you okay with what he did yes yes absolutely uh i never
5: pulled for junior because he was the most talented driver i pulled for junior because of the person um you know he was right along the the lines of things i like to do you know he had had the personality of a lot of uh, my my friends really um and so that's I, i pulled more for junior the person i pulled for his daddy for the talent um, but you know, Junior was kind of more of the person, and I I
0: knew what I was pulling for. Yeah, and it's interesting because I heard him um, talk that he really, at the beginning, he just wanted to be around Daddy, and he just wanted to make Daddy proud. Um, I I think he did all that, and he made a lot of people proud. Absolutely, um, don't we all
5: in that in that what we want to mm-hmm. do? You know, especially boys want to you make your dad proud, and so he had to. A, a lot to you know um live up to live up to really <laughs> yeah, you know and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of pressure I mean being Dale Earnhardt mm-hmm. senior's kid Dale was asked about Jeffrey Earnhardt his nephew Carrie his brother's son um Jeffrey Earnhardt has been around the sport for several years um and is now in Joe Gibbs equipment um in the Xfinity series and the best equipment he has been in his life um a lot, of, a lot of talk was about Jeffrey Earnhardt and, you know, his new opportunities. And Dale actually uh,
3: has some insight on, on Jeffrey back in the day. So Jeffrey's worked really hard to put himself in this position, um, sort of reinvented himself. You know, he had a great opportunity working with DEI and the k series years and years ago. And I don't think that he realized what kind of opportunity he had. Um, maybe didn't take full advantage of it and apply himself. Um, but he is. Uh, that was another lifetime ago, and he certainly uh, became a hard worker and dedicated in the car and out of the car. He's got a great group of people around him that are also helping sort of uh, market him and grow him, grow his brand, and uh, make him um, appealing personality to to sponsors and so forth so they've he's done a great job the people he's working with I don't really know who they are but I would I would say they've done an amazing job to to sort of help him understand what he needs to be doing and he seems to be willing to do the work inside and out of the car and it's created this opportunity and this partnership that he has today to give him this opportunity to get in a great race car with a great
0: race team. All right, Jeffrey Earnhardt, the only Earnhardt left in racing right now. I
5: think because he is the only Earnhardt in racing, you know, I think there would be a lot of people that if he could run good Mm -hmm. in that equipment you know that would resonate with a lot of fans in daytona he was actually uh you know near the lead a lot of the race Mm -hmm. and i i made the comment that if he had won that race the roof would have come (laughs) off of that (laughs) joint i mean
0: my goodness All right. The storytelling continued this day when uh, we got a visit from Richard Childress and a longtime employee, and longtime friend, and longtime gas man for Earnhardt Senior. Chocolate Myers. These guys were like a comedy act up there, weren't they? They were.
5: Uh, and it's so interesting to hear those guys interact. You know, it, it's a special relationship when you can sit there and needle somebody long, like your brother. And you know, they act like brothers, but they're lifelong friends, and they. You know, they talked about their humble beginnings at, at Bowman Gray Stadium in Winston Salem and, and it was just fascinating to hear. When did the bug hit you that you wanted to race either as a driver or
2: owner? We stood there at old Bowman Gray Stadium. I don't know how many of you've ever been there, but it's a pretty unique uh, historical place in today's world. I think I think the very first time was just watching the guys race. And then I would go over there, we'd leave the house at lunchtime or something and walk over there and we'd stop at Billy and Bobby Meyer's shop and different shops of people that had old garages that they're around. And uh, it, was, it was just a lifestyle, hanging out with them guys back in the day and they'd say, hey boy, go over there and get me a jug of whiskey. Or you know, all the partying and stuff they did. Maybe that's where I got my partying style from was watching them. <laughs> Chocolate, obviously, from Winston-Salem, the same area. How did you and RC connect, and in what year was
1: that? Yeah, well, <clears throat> uh, I didn't have to walk quite as far as he did. He lived a little further out Uh uh, Reynolds Park Road or Walltown Street or Sprague Street, but uh, once again Bowman Gray Stadium uh, We would be there. I would be there and and, and selling popcorn, but we, we found out the selling programs You made a little bit more money, so we sold Programs together and then we both had old race cars. You know, we, we, we were in the grandstands till we could get in the pits We finally got into pits. They had the greatest thing ever imagine this imagine this you could buy a race car and race at Bowman Gray Stadium for $99. It was the $99 claiming division. You could be in the grandstands and watch the claiming race. And, and when the race was over, you could walk down on the track and you could walk over and you go, I claimed this car. They had to sell you that car or they couldn't bring it back anymore. So um, Richard, I think he had a, he, he built a claiming car. I think his first car was $20. Mine was 99, but somebody else gave me the money. said it didn't really matter. Had a sponsor.
2: <laughs> I didn't I didn't have the ninety-nine dollars. All I had was twenty dollars. So we just built a car.
0: Yeah, Richard likes to talk about how he started with twenty dollars and now he's his net worth is like <laughs> two hundred million or about that. It's amazing. When you meet Richard childers you're like, you have no idea that he's worth two hundred million dollars.
5: Right, absolutely. And that that's kind of the uh the mystique behind him, you know, uh, humble beginnings, you know a self, self-made man really um richard, richard Childress, you know it, we've been around him for a, a lot of a lot of years and uh he's always i I've just respected him He's kind of intimidating too sometimes, but uh, you know, he might have got that from his his old driver Dale Earnhardt. <laughs>
0: sure, yeah, and he's a spunky man. I mean, he still mixes it up with drivers. Well, just a couple years done, ago, right?
5: Yeah, he punched Kyle Bush. Uh, told <laughs> told to, 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 to somebody to hold his watch and punched Kyle <laughs> Bush right in the nose
0: over a truck race. <laughs> yeah, that's funny stuff. And then Richard and Chocolate really got ribbing back and forth, uh, pretty good too. Chocolate, you've been around for the majority. Uh,
2: of these 50 years, when you think of back on not just your career, but when you think back on Richard Childers' career, what are your thoughts going into his 50th year?
1: Well, I, I have a lot of fun talking about this, and, and, and I've got my point of view, and Richard's got his. And people that want to know how long I've worked for Richard, and I told them I started working for Richard in 1969, I started getting paid in 1983. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, but, but that's true. Have you but, ever but, actually worked? But, but, on the but car? he but says you're making up for it. He he's says you to he's do not do nothing nothing now, right? 2003. <laughs> yes. So I want to. I want to say this. I'm I want to be very serious.
2: You, before you get too serious yes. here, yes. A guy asked me the other week. Says, "Chocolate Myers still
1: work for you?" I said, "I still pay him." Okay, go ahead. Well, I I think about those days, and I think about all the hard work that went into Richard Childress Racing. I don't know of any other owners out there. We've got a lot of owners out there that were businessmen uh, that wanted to be owners, and they wanted to do something fun, so they bought them a race team, and they went racing. Uh, Richard Childress is a little bit different. He's a racer that became a businessman. He is the only owner that I know of uh, that for many, many years— when we went to the racetrack to test, he was under the car. He was under the hood. He was in the gate. When we walked in the gate, today, in, in the world that we're living in today, I, I still live, Karen and I, pretty close to Richard Childress Racing, and, and I'm up there a lot. I work there every day, and a lot of weekends I go up there. And, and, and I go there, and, and they're closed, except for I look over, and his truck is in the, in the parking lot. He is dedicated to this sport. He's dedicated his life to it. And um, I, I just think it's pretty cool uh, to have watched his career uh, go like it's gone. And, and the backstory is one of the coolest stories in the world. And, and, and I'll just tell anybody that. To watch Richard Childress go from, from a guy that worked at a battery manufacturing plant to a guy that could buy the battery manufacturing plant is pretty <laughs> incredible. Only
2: in America, only in America could a kid with a dream and an old $20 race car be sitting up here tonight talking to this great press.
5: So that's how Only in America. And you believe it, Only in America. Only in America. Yeah, they needle each other a lot, but you can tell the respect is there from both of them. Yeah,
0: chocolate can tell a story. Chocolate can definitely (laughs) tell a
5: story, absolutely.
0: All right. Next up, Anthony Joseph Foyt, better known as AJ Foyt, a kid who dropped out of high school to become a mechanic. I think he knew early on in his life what he wanted to do. AJ is now 84 years old. He put on a good show in that interview, and Kevin he had us all laughing again. 84 years old, he was hilarious. He was uh, he was amazing. Uh, AJ
5: Foyt, I just to to be in the same room as AJ Foyt was a treat for me. I mean, you know, he is he's the man. Uh, Here's how I always have heard A.J. Foyt described. He's always been described as a badass. Rich Brenner used to say those exact words uh, about A.J. Foyt. I heard Tony Stewart the other day say those exact words. Let me, let me uh, read this all for you. A.J. Foyt is the only driver to win the Indianapolis 500, the Daytona 500, the 24 Hours of Daytona, the 24 Hour of Le Mans, and the 12 Hours of Sebring. He's the only guy to ever do that. He raced a lot of different cars and was successful in, in all of them. Inducted into the first class in the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America in 1989, the very first class. So that that's what kind of racing royalty we're talking about. A.J. was asked about his driving ability, really, and, and driving all those different kinds of cars. How would you compare the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500, both in terms of driving and both at the scene, You know what it's out
0: like walking around today?
4: Well, actually, it's two different types of race cars, to be truth with you. A stock car, my daddy used to get mad at because you call them taxi cabs. Well, I call them race cars. So, actually, the Indy cars... Uh, they're a lot quicker, and what I mean by that on steering and all that. And uh, it's just two different race cars. I know a lot of friends of mine tried to adapt from one to the other, never could. And I guess where I was lucky that uh, I think you're born with something like that, that you can adapt yourself. And it didn't make no difference in sports cars or whatever. Uh, I was able to adapt myself pretty quick. So it's hard for me. To tell you the difference. I just know the difference on a stock car is a lot bigger car than a little indie car, you know, handling. So they're really two different types of race cars. And you you have to adapt yourself to do that. And Fortunately enough, I was lucky enough I could do that. I tell you what, really, in my racing career, out of all the cars I drove, I probably had as much front on a half mile dirt track and a sprint car as anything, to be truth with you. Because you control it. With your foot and all that, and you had a lot of power. So I would say out of my whole career, that was the most fun. I wish there was some video yeah. of, of
5: A.J. Foyt on, on the dirt. I would, I would pay to see that yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. And then we got on the subject of, and, and you love talking to the old-timers. Again, he's 84 years old. You love talking to the old-timers about what's the difference in the driver mentality back in the 60s and 70s as, as compared to today. And uh, you had some interesting thoughts on that.
2: Michie, how have you seen the evolution of the driver change since the day when you guys were up here, you know, mixing it up? I mean, you guys seemed a lot more like, you know, cowboys and badasses than what we see behind the wheel
4: today. Back when I was running, I think you had like Junior Johnson and all the great guys. They were hard to deal with. I don't think you see that today's time. And, you know, you got one on mad, normally when you got out of the car, you had a nice little fist fight. You don't see that no more. The only thing I can say about racing in NASCAR are the IndyCar races, and I think that's the reason you have so many young drivers, because a lot of people put a lot of money behind them. They can have a real bad wreck, and they walk away. They've made such a safety problem. I mean, so much safety more in the NASCAR and IndyCars you can't believe it. I'd say that's the biggest thing that's happened in racing is the safety point. I'd say the cars are probably 1,000% safer today than they were when, like, Junior Johnson and Fireball Roberts and all them because you're going to have a certain amount of people that's going to get killed in racing regardless of what it is, but you don't see it like you used to, and that's a good
0: thing. What was that quote? Nice little fist fight. (laughs) Nice little fist fight.
5: Absolutely. You know, I mean, to think about where he come from and and Mm -hmm. into the race cars that he actually drove in, you know, I mean, were jalopies compared to what they Mm -hmm. are today? Um, And so he's he's right, you know, with with the, the younger kids. They haven't had to experience anything like that. And yeah. so they, they do come up a lot a lot
0: quicker. Yeah, that video of, of old time people getting out of their cars and fighting, um I mean it happens over at Bowman Gray all the time, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> evidently,
5: yes. Um and you know, it still happens from time to time here in NASCAR. Um you know, guys like me, you know, th- love to see the emotion, um, would love to see more emotion mm-hmm. out of out of some of the guys today. Sure. I, I, I know that fire burns in them. I wish they would let it out a, a little bit more. Sure.
0: And then at the end, uh, AJ, before he said goodbye, um, he was having uh, near the end, a, a tough time hearing some of the questions, but he compensated for that and he uh, had us all. When he left, we were all laughing like crazy.
5: Absolutely. AJ Foyt, 84 years old, crude, a little rude, um, <laughs> and he doesn't give one iota what anyone mm-hmm. thinks about him. And sure. I find that endearing mm-hmm. in today's world. You know, a lot of things are PC in today's world. And guys like this that will come off the cuff and say what comes to their mind, I love. We're going to call this one just Funny Stuff A.J. Says. There you go. A.J., it's great to
3: have you back today.
4: Well, hell, it's nice to be back instead of the funeral home. (laughs) I've been, you know, pretty sick the last two or three years, so I've been able to get healed up and get back here because I've got a lot of friends back here. I really enjoyed racing, and uh, like I said, I wasn't supposed to live over 22, and hell, turned 84, so that's getting pretty damn old. (laughs) Well, I know my Car program. My son runs it. Oh, well, you're talking about the IndyCar program, she tell me. Actually, Larry, my son is mainly run it. I go in when they need money and raise hell, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these stock cars what made me hard to hear, and I didn't really hear your question quite right. <laughs> Sorry, I hate hearing aids, because all they do when you go take a leak or something it sounds like a 100 gallons of water to run in. And so that's the reason I don't like to wear them. I do have them.
1: <laughs>
0: there you go. The, no hearing aids
4: because of that. Yeah,
5: the laughter went on for quite a while. Everyone in that whole room was busting out laughing. And just uh, to be around A.J. Floyd to hear him tell, tell those
0: stories um, and to be himself um very endearing yeah so again you and i were in this interview room and over about an hour period they bring in Dale Earnhardt Jr Richard Childress and Chocolate and then A.J. Foyt, and one right after the other. Just great storytelling, and every time each one of them left, we, we were like, no, no, stay, I want to hear more stories. <laughs> right, exactly.
5: Right? Um, just great, great people to be around. NASCAR NASCAR dudes are always
0: yeah. awesome to be yeah, around. I'm a Good deal. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, again, I'm Danny and along with Fox 8 sports producer Kevin Arendt. Make sure to tell your friends about this podcast, Fox 8's Dirty Air. It's really important that you rate us, give us a review, and It's how other people will find us.
5: Thanks for uh, taking a little bit of your time to join us and listen to some NASCAR stories. And until next time.
0: Yeah, I'm Danny Harden for Kevin Wren. Thanks for joining us on Dirty Air. Thanks for listening
2: to NASCAR Dirty Air. Follow us on MyFox8.com.
1: This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.
4: Some people just know there's a better way to do
5: things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate.